just get started. Start eating more vegetables. Start eating more beans. Start eating more fruits. Regardless what else you eat, just eat more of those each day as you're eating, and you're gradually making that transition. What if I told you that you had the power to change your life today just by choosing what you will eat next? Welcome to the podcast, Eat Your Best Life, where together through interviews and conversations, we dig deep into the power of plant-based nutrition and other lifestyle changes in enhancing your life both physically and spiritually. If you are ready to level up concerning your health, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Cersei Blue. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Eat Your Best Life. I'm your host, Cersei Blue, aka The Faithful Vegan. Thank you, thank you, thank you for returning this week to another episode. I hope everyone is doing well and is blessed. Um, wanted to just update you on a few things. We have the private Facebook group, Eat Your Best Life, which is the community that is attached to this podcast. So please um, request to join that group. You could also find me on Instagram at thefaithful.vegan, or you can find me on Facebook for at the faithful vegan. So I hope to hear from some of you. Um, you know, if you have any questions or you have any ideas that you want to put on the show, please DM me on any one of those platforms. Um, it would be a pleasure to hear from you. Um, my goal as we go into season three, I'm really trying to get um, your feedback and what is going on on the ground. What are some of the issues that you have? What are some of the concerns that you have? Um, and just try to shape um, your desires on the podcast and the people that we interview. So I'm so excited to tell you about the episode that I'm going to be sharing with you today. This episode was actually a live interview on Facebook that happened about a week or so ago. And I wanted to share this on the podcast because I thought it was so informative. I interviewed Dr. Eric Taylor and we talked about how to prevent, manage, and reverse chronic disease. Um, in this episode, Dr. Taylor really dives deep into the essential principles that are needed to prevent, manage, or reverse your chronic health. He talks about the importance of diet, rest, fresh air, spirituality, and movement. And he shares a personal story about how living healthily and meditating on God's word actually saved his life and his career. He shares practical steps that anyone can put into practice right now. You're going to love him because he has a gentle and caring approach that will make change not only palatable, but desirable. So this episode is really, really going to motivate you and uh, just encourage you to really eat your best life and live as healthy as you can. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the amazing Dr. Eric Taylor. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I apologize for the delay um, as we were having a little bit of technical difficulties. I'm going to try to share this. You can do a story. I watch my Let's do it right now. Okay. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So I wanted to um, introduce you to 
the wonderful Dr. Taylor. I'm going to give you a little bit of a bio. Um, Dr. Taylor has been a board certified physician, certified family physician since 2001. Um, and he's a doctor that emphasizes whole body health. Um, and so if you know Dr. Taylor, one of the wonderful things about him is that he's not just a doctor that gives you advice, but he's a doctor that walks the walk and talks the talk in his own personal life. He has adopted the motto, a healthy body plus a healthy soul equals whole. And he's right now currently working at Trinity Clinic in Palestine, Texas. So without further ado, I want to just introduce you to the amazing Dr. Taylor. And we are gonna be talking about how to prevent, manage and reverse your chronic disease. And so I think this is gonna be a very important topic. Right now we are in the middle of a pandemic and I know a lot of times what's on everyone's mind is, you know, how can I become more healthy? How can I manage the chronic disease that I already have? And so Dr. Taylor is going to be able to give us some gems in that particular area. But I wanted to start off with um, go ahead. just talking about something from the CDC that stated that, and I want to pull this up because I want to make sure that I have this correct. Six in 10 adults in the United States are suffering from a chronic disease, while 40% have two or more, according to the CDC. So this is an issue that affects all of us. If you're, if you're someone that actually has a chronic disease, or you have to know someone in your family or somebody close to you that does, it's something that's a pandemic. The number one cause of death, even before COVID-19, was heart disease. And we know that a lot of these chronic disease are lifestyle and can be changed through nutrition and exercise and other lifestyle modifications. And so even though we're in chronic, we know that through COVID-19, a lot more people are dying um, of COVID-19 because of that chronic disease connection. We wanna keep this in perspective and let us realize that we've always been dying of chronic disease. And I think what's happening with COVID-19 is that it exacerbated an issue that we've had in this country already, which is the fact that the number one cause of death is heart disease that can actually be measured. And so Dr. Taylor, I just want you to jump in and just give us a context with COVID-19. What's going on with COVID-19 and chronic health? Why is there a link and why is it that if you're someone with high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, and all the other chronic disease, are you more at risk? You know, it's, thank you for bringing me on. I appreciate this, and I'm excited to share what I've found. With COVID-19, this mm -hmm. disease itself is affecting so many people with chronic diseases because the chronic diseases affect a person's immune system. And mm -hmm. we want to really strive to have an optimal health so being able to obtain optimal health means we have to improve the chronic diseases we have and sometimes even be able to reverse those chronic diseases. COVID-19 specifically, we think of diseases like heart disease. We think of congestive heart failure. We think of asthma. We think of severe obesity. Mm -hmm. We think of chronic kidney disease. People who are immunocompromised. All these types of chronic diseases, liver disease. These diseases affect your immune system, which mm. makes you more susceptible to developing COVID-19. Mm. So by improving the chronic diseases, we're improving 
our health itself and putting ourselves in the best position to have optimal health so we're less likely to be affected. But if we are exposed to it, we'll be easier to overcome the COVID-19. Mm, wow. So with that in mind, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have this question on their mind. Well, I've already had chronic disease. Um, so what are some things that people can do right now? I know I heard in, in a lot of cases, you could see results by changing your lifestyle pretty rapidly. So someone could start today and say, you know what, what can I, what can someone do to start the road to recovery? There's several different things that I tend to focus on when I talk to my patients. Number mm -hmm. one is I talk to people at, that have high blood pressure. I talk to yeah. people about lifestyle changes they can make to improve the blood pressure itself. Mm. Um, we talk to people about things they can do to improve diabetes, because that's another chronic disease that definitely is affected. I mean, can put a person more likely to develop COVID-19. Um, mm. Things that people can start doing is exercising. Exercise is a wonderful thing we can do that actually helps to improve our immune system. Mm -hmm. When you exercise moderate intensity exercise, not vigorous, but moderate intensity exercise can help to strengthen your immune system. Something mm -hmm. else that's really important, if we exercise outside in the fresh air, that's another aspect of chronic, another aspect of our health that can strengthen our immune system. That mm -hmm. fresh air can improve what we call natural killer cells, which help to fight off infections, which help mm -hmm. to fight off tumor cells. Exercising outside in the fresh air, especially if you do it around trees, like in the forest, you get these aromatic compounds that are emitted into the air that actually provide you strengthening the natural killer cells. And that's going to be something that improves your immune system. What mm. else can you do? Exercising outside in the sunlight. Mm. People often say, you know, I'm going to stay away from sunlight. Sunlight has a lot of benefits to it. One of those benefits is with vitamin D. Your yes. body makes vitamin D when you get sunlight. When you get outside into the sunlight, you're actually able to make vitamin D, which your body needs to help in fighting off infections. We've actually seen vitamin D can actually lower your risk of developing upper respiratory infections. So that's mm -hmm. something that's very important to, for people to do. When you get the sunlight, you get the vitamin D, but you're also helping your body to fight off viruses by getting the mm -hmm. sun exposure each day. People, if they can get about 30 minutes a day in a sunlight, then you actually see improvement with the mm. vitamin D right there. And that's something very beneficial. What else can we do? People need to drink water. All of us, starting with myself, we need to drink our water. I oftentimes will carry something with me to make sure I drink my water. One of the simple things I do is I have a bottle right here and mm. I put my water inside here because if you carry your water with you, you're more likely to drink it. Because I know myself when I'm working through, throughout the day in the clinic, if I don't have the water with me, I'd say, I'll get to it. And you just mm -hmm. keep trying to get to it and you never get to it. But if I have it right there on my desk, then I'm going to drink the water throughout the day. It's something simple that we can do. As we drink more water, it helps our body stay well hydrated. Why is that important? When you're dehydrated, that can lead to headaches, that can lead to fatigue, that can lead to constipation. When you're tired, people don't want to exercise. So those things go hand in hand, drinking your water and exercise it. If you're tired, you don't have the energy. I repeatedly have people tell me, I just feel so tired. I don't have any energy to be able to exercise. But if you start drinking your water, you, that will help you being able to exercise more easily. What else can we do? Another important factor is rest. 
We mm -hmm. all need to be able to make sure we get our rest. How much rest do we need? Typically, people need about seven to eight hours of rest each night. When you rest better, we tend to handle stress better. When we handle stress better, that helps our immune system. So we're not getting our immune system suppressed. We're not feeling so anxious. We're not so irritable. Um, we actually, when you rest better, you handle depression better. So that's mm -hmm. something else that would be very, very important for each one of us is to make sure we're getting our seven to eight hours of sleep each night. Another good thing about exercise is when you exercise and you go outside early in the morning, mm -hmm. when the sun's coming up, when you get exposure to that sunlight early in the morning, then that sunlight helps your body and releasing melatonin, which is so mm -hmm. important for you being able to rest better at nighttime. That sun exposure early in the morning helps your body to release that melatonin earlier in the evening time when it's released. So then mm. that helps you sleep better and rest better at nighttime. So oh, wow. Oh, wow. That, that one's pretty interesting. So, and I think it's kind of good because right now a lot of us are at the stay at home order. Um, and so going into gyms and all that other stuff is not even applicable. So just being able to just go outside, walk in your community right. um, and just get in the, the sunlight. Absolutely. You know, something else along with that, as you think about it, some people say, well, I can't go outside. Uh, I don't want to be around other people. Well, what mm. can we do there? There's things we can do to bring the outside into our homes. Like oh. I tell my patients, if you open your doors and crack your doors, open your windows, you can bring that fresh air into your home every day. Getting your windows open every day can really help to bring the fresh air into your home and you're getting some of that exercise, I mean, getting the fresh air right there, which is gonna help you out. Your body uses oxygen to help kill viruses. So that's something mm. that's really important. The oxygen, as well as getting the sunlight, helps your body, strengthen your body's immune system. Because we're trying to have optimal health. Mm. Optimal health means not just one of these factors, yes. but all of these factors combined together. I remember a person once stated to me that one bad one good habit doesn't make up for all the bad habits. Mm. So, you know, that's a good point. We have yeah. to use whole body health. It's not yes. just one thing, it's all these factors combined together. Yeah. These factors together to help improve our health. Right. And I love what I love about those two comments that you just gave is that it's something we can start doing right now. Like we don't have to wait, we don't have to get something in the mail, we're not paying for it. You know, and so what I'm encouraging those who are listening, and remember, this is a live conversation. So if you have questions for Dr. Taylor or a comment, or let us know what your struggle is, let us know what you're looking to um, improve in your life, go ahead and just type it in the chat box. Um, and, and then we could, we could answer your questions. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there so people realize that this is a fluid conversation and we want your input. Um, for this. But um, yeah, so go on, Dr. Taylor. You're, you're talking about things that people can do right now to manage their chronic health disease. Um, yeah, so continue. What else you got? One other factor, which is a real big factor, is what we eat. Our nutrition, that's a real key factor to improving our health. What we eat makes a difference in strength, our immune system being stronger or being suppressed. One of the factors that I tend to focus on, which I myself have been doing, is following a plant-based diet. Mm. Why does a plant-based diet matter? Plant-based, first of all, let me say what a plant-based diet is. A mm. plant-based diet is foods that are whole grown, foods mm. like fruits, 
who's that? Vegetables, beans or legumes, nuts and seeds and whole grains. Following that type of lifestyle, those foods are simple, they're whole, they have a lot of water content, they're full of antioxidants, they're full of fiber. Those foods are so beneficial in treating your diabetes and helping to prevent diabetes and helping to lower your weight. Those foods are so beneficial right there. They're beneficial because you actually find melatonin in those foods, which again can help your resting at nighttime. Those foods are so high in fiber help to reduce people's risk of developing constipation, help to lower your cholesterol, which is one of the factors that leads to heart disease, which is the number one reason that people die in our country, heart disease. When you eat a plant-based diet, you have a better chance, especially when you combine that with the exercise of treating and reversing heart disease and diabetes. It's so mm. beneficial, depending on how far things go, you can see improvement. But people, I've even seen people reverse the disease itself. Yes. It's just so exciting to be able to see these foods can, that we can eat. Can you, give us, have you, can you give us an example of a situation or a client or someone you knew that reversed a chronic disease through some of these um, lifestyle interventions that you're talking about? Just to give it a little bit of traction for someone, what, does, what, what happened and what does that look like? Well, I'll give you a perfect example. I remember a person that had high blood pressure and they yeah. came in when, when they came in, the blood pressure was pretty high. So I ended up starting them on two different medications. Mm. Well, I talked to them about lifestyle changes that they could do to bring the blood pressure down. And I said, following a plant-based diet, exercising, getting up to 60 minutes of exercise a day. And that's mm. not just aerobic, like walking or jogging. It also includes strength training twice okay. a week. So those two things combined together is so important. Well, this person went home and they said, you know, I've got to make a change. Mm. They went home, they started exercising, eating differently. They came back a month later, one month later, and their blood pressure came down to normal. Mm. And one, we ended up taking them off the medication and they kept the blood pressure down 30 days. Now, does this always happen? No, but people can see improvement in that shorter period of time. Wow. It doesn't take months for this to occur. Right. I think, I think of another patient, because sometimes people will say, well, I'm too old to be able to do this. Mm. I think of an 80-year-old male that came to my clinic one time that had diabetes. And he said, doc, what can I do to get off of this medication? Mm. I said, well, I'll be happy to tell you. So I started talking to him about exercise. Mm. I started talking to him about eating more plant-based foods, doing a plant-based diet. He yes. said, I'm going to do what I can do to get it off this medicine. This person came back to me at 80 years of age, and we started reducing his medicine because of the lifestyle changes he was making. And he felt so good knowing he was being able to reduce his medication because of the changes he made. This was at 80 years of age. This is not 14-year-old, this is not 25-year-old, 80 years old. That he, it doesn't matter what age you are, we can make changes that can help to improve our health. Wow, so, so that's, that's really phenomenal stories because I think as we're here, I mean, that's encouraging because right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's a lot of people that may be watching that have high blood pressure, that have diabetes. And this pandemic is something that's not gonna end tomorrow. It may go on for at least another, eight to 12 months and, and, and you know, whether or not you're getting the vaccine or not until a vaccine is available. Um, and so 
if these are changes that we can actually see in real time, it, it's time to take action with your health right now during the pandemic because doing these lifestyle changes, you could actually improve your health and decrease your risk if you caught COVID-19. I mean, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, so go deeper into the plant-based nutrition. You talked about the fiber. And I know that from all the research that I've read, um, we spend a lot of time on protein and we're obsessed with protein as a, the average American. But talk to us about the fact that fiber really is what most Americans are lacking in their diet and the implications of what fiber is actually doing to our overall health. So I, I want you to dig deeper into the fiber concept. Okay. You know, fiber is interesting when you talk about fiber because there's two different types of fiber, soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. And when you eat a plant-based diet, the foods don't just have one particular type of fiber. They have both of those five types of fiber in it, but they may have more soluble or more insoluble. But that fiber itself will help to bind to your blood sugar, bind to your cholesterol, and help to lower that cholesterol. And when you lower the cholesterol, you're decreasing your risk of developing heart disease, which is the number one reason people die in our country. But going along with that, when you eat more foods with fiber, that fiber itself will help to lower your blood sugar. When you lower, that helps to control diabetes. If you have diabetes, or it also helps to prevent diabetes from occurring. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important. But it not only helps out, those foods with fiber are also very low in calories. The majority of those foods are low in calories and they're high in water content. They're up to 60% water. So I mentioned before about how water is so key for us to improving our health. Well, you can get some of the water you need by eating more of a plant-based diet because that provides a lot of water content with that. But those foods that are high in fiber, they tend to lower, help you lower your weight, which reduces your risk for developing high blood pressure, which reduces your risk for developing heart disease, which reduces your risk for developing diabetes. So these factors are going to be so key for us. It's also helping to reduce your risk of developing cancer when you eat more of these foods that are high in fiber. You're lowering your risk for developing colon cancer, which is so important, but you're also helping to reduce your risk for developing hemorrhoids. It's just one factor after another, constipation, that's so beneficial for us. So the fiber is going to be so key for each one of us to follow that. When we eat the foods that are high in fiber, they help to strengthen our immune system because those foods that are high in fiber, the other aspect is fruits and vegetables. Those mm. tend to have a lot of antioxidants, like mm. citrus fruits have a lot of antioxidants, and those help our body in fighting off cell damage that's been done from free radicals. So that's something wow. else that's very important. So it's, a, it's not just eating the fiber, you're getting the other components of the food that also help in strengthening your immune system because we want to do whatever we can to put ourselves in optimal health. Wow, wow, wow. So what are, what are some foods that are really high in fiber that someone could just, just off the top of our heads? What, you know, I know beans are a big deal and we'll talk a little bit more about the power of beans, but what, what are some foods that are just fiber rich? You think of beans, you think mm -hmm. of apples, you think of blackberries, um, I think of pears. These types of foods are going to be mm -hmm. high. Lots of vegetables. I mean, you can have broccoli, you can have the nuts. Some of the nuts are higher in fiber, 
Um, they don't have as much fiber as the beans do, but nuts mm. and seeds also have fiber present. One good food that's really beneficial for us is flaxseed. Flaxseed mm. is really beneficial for us, and that's something that can actually help people in reducing their risk, and they may see a reduced risk of developing high blood pressure by eating four tablespoons of flaxseed throughout the day. So. That's yeah, yeah, that that's this flaxseed seems like a miracle drug to me. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It is like it does so many things. But um, we have a question, and we're going to probably dig into that a little bit. I don't know if you can see it or not, but I think it's on Facebook, so you might not be able to. But no. she says, "Hi, I was wondering how do you maintain a good weight, not too slim, on a plant-based diet? How do you maintain the weight? And maybe you could talk a little bit about." eating more and the calorie density and, and how, how do you maintain a good weight on a plant-based diet? You know, that's actually a good question there. One of the things that I like about plant-based diet is I one time did a presentation called how to eat more and mm. lose weight. Basically what you're doing is you're eating a bunch because those foods are so low in calories, the fruits, the vegetables, the beans, the whole grains they tend to be low in calories, but have a lot of water content. But the nuts and seeds are, have a higher level of fat. It's a good type of fat that your body needs, but that eating the nuts and seeds helps to balance out that weight itself, balance out mm -hmm. the calories you're getting. So I actually can eat an abundance of nuts and seeds each day because that actually, all the other foods I eat are so low in calories. So you can eat abundance and you'll actually get full faster when you eat those foods high in fiber, the fruits and the vegetables and beans, because of the water content and the fiber, you'll get filled up faster, but you can eat a balance of those and you still need to eat nuts and seeds every day. I mean, I'll use for example, I'll give an example of what I do for breakfast. Mm -hmm. for, for breakfast, I would have a bowl of cereal, whether it be granola that we made or whether it be steel cut oats. And mm -hmm. then I'll add a handful of almonds Mm -hmm. I'll add a couple tablespoons of flax seed. I'll add a tablespoon of hemp seed. And then I'll add my fruit to that. I'll eat, add an apple, a banana, blueberries. And I've got three different sources of fruit right there in that one meal. Plus I've got my nuts, my seeds. I'm getting the protein that my body needs. I'm getting the vitamins that I'm needing and, the, and I'm getting the citrus and the antioxidants and the blueberries. So eating all of that in a one bowl of cereal and then I add my almond milk to that. So I'm giving the calcium from that as in addition. So that's gonna help me to be able to maintain my weight. Um, it's not gonna be going down because the nuts and seeds will give me more calories, but it's also going to be able, not going up high because the fruits and the vegetables, are, the fruits are gonna be so low in calories. So it's kind of balances out. Mm -hmm. So but, go on with that. What else are you eating? What would you eat for lunch and dinner? Just give us a full picture of what this robust plant-based diet would look like? Well, what I would do for lunch, I'll use the example is, I may do um, beans and with curry. I'll make beans mm. and curry. And then I'll add broccoli or kale to that. And then I may have a sweet potato with that. Well, that's my lunch right there. So I've balanced out. I've got mm. my protein in my beans. I've got my vegetables from my broccoli and my kale. And then I've got the curry also and those things are going to be, and you can also add rice. I just thought about that. Add rice to that. So you've got mm -hmm. the whole grains. You've gotten all your foods right there and yeah. that lunch right there. Another way I could do it is some days, if I don't have as much time, then I may make a sandwich. And mm -hmm. on the sandwich, I'll have, I'll have whole wheat bread or whole wheat buns. 
I'll have like kale or spinach on there or I'll mm -hmm. have lettuce you can put on there. Um, I'll have a burger, like an oat burger that I can make on there, tomatoes, even adding onions to that. And all of that could be my sandwich right there. Mm -hmm. And then I may add, I may add some fruit to that um, afterwards, or you can eat some um, like carrots or celery or something else mm -hmm. going along with that. Mm -hmm. And you can just dip that in some hummus and then that would provide another benefit. So that would be like a lunch that I would have. So yeah. it's the simple things that we can do. And if you don't have a lot of time to eat, um, sometimes we don't have as much time, then just taking a couple pieces of fruit, eating that and a handful of nuts. You're better to get the calories with the nuts, but you're also getting your fruits and your antioxidants. And you're getting your vitamins with the fruits and you're getting the antioxidants with the fruit as well as you're getting your water content with those as well. Because some days I will eat an apple. I may take a handful of almonds and eating that and I'll add a couple more pieces of fruit to that. And that may be my breakfast if I don't have enough time. But I usually, I like breakfast. So I mm -hmm. tend to be tired for eating my breakfast. If I have to get up earlier, I'll get up earlier because I want to eat my breakfast because that's so important. And can you talk a little bit about the weight management in terms of when you eat? Because I know there's a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in this eating late at night. And tell us about the, 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 the times and how that could benefit your weight loss and your health in terms of what time you eat. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons that I mentioned about breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast is really important to eating that because that actually will help your help your body's metabolism getting that started. But you also, it's not just that, but you also have a longer period of time during the day to burn off those calories mm. so you're not storing those. What we tend to do here in the United States is we eat, breakfast tends to be our smallest meal. Right. Tends to be next. And dinner tends to be the largest meal of the day. It's right. Kind of backwards. We should really have breakfast as the biggest meal, lunch as next, and dinner should be the lightest meal of the day. You'll rest better at nighttime when you don't have your intestines and your stomach full of food. We tend to eat mm -hmm. late in the evening time, and that can affect our resting as well. But not only that, but what you don't burn off, your body's going to store those things. So if we don't burn off the calories, we're going to tend to store that. And that may not make a difference in one day, but if you add an extra hundred calories every day of the month, that's a pound of weight. Mm. Think about that. That's a pound of weight. I'll say this, mention the same thing. Cause when I talk about nutrition, I talk to my patients about juice and while juice has water in it, juice also has calories. And when you eat drinking juice throughout the day, you can get extra calories just with that glass of juice that you're drinking. If nothing else changes over the period of a month, you can be putting an extra pound of weight on just by drinking that juice. So you cut that out, then you can start reducing those calories as well. Wonderful. So for those of you who just tuned in, we are talking to the amazing Dr. Taylor, who is a lifestyle um, whole body doctor and we are talking about how do you manage prevent and reverse your chronic disease so if you just tuned in this is what we're talking about um and right now you're talking about someone asked the question how do i lose weight and i think if you could talk about the, the link between why losing weight and maintaining a healthy body weight is so important when it comes to chronic disease because if you want to talk a little bit about the link between obesity and diabetes, obesity, to chronic health in general, they even have a term called 
is it obesity like a, a, they kind of combine obesity and diabetes together as to one term because they're so intricately linked so I, I could you just talk about why it's important that we lose weight I'm glad that that person asked that question because being at a a, a normal body weight is important for our health absolutely absolutely that's a really good question because obesity is definitely linked to diabetes. One of the things that we see is people that tend to have obesity are at greater risk because the body develops insulin resistance. Mm. And when you have insulin resistance, it doesn't mean you don't have enough insulin. It just means your cells aren't responding appropriately to the insulin you're making. Mm. And as a result, your body needs insulin to take sugar out of your bloodstream into those cells, sugar or glucose. Mm -hmm. And you have to have insulin to take the sugar out of the bloodstream into the cells. If you don't do that, then your blood sugar stays up elevated. And that's what we tend to see when people have diabetes, they have elevated mm -hmm. blood sugar. Well, the other thing with obesity is obesity puts you at high risk for diabetes, but it also puts you at higher risk for developing high blood pressure. And when you have high blood pressure, and you have diabetes, then those are risk factors for developing heart disease, which is the number one reason people die in our country. Mm. So those things all tie together. So it's so important to maintain your weight so you'll be at less risk to develop those conditions like diabetes and heart disease and cancer. You're at higher risk of developing cancer when you're overweight or obese as well. So that's something else that's important to reduce that risk of developing cancer by your weight coming down. Now, what do we, how do we lose our weight? Well, we talked about the types of foods we eat, eating more fruits and vegetables and beans and nuts and seeds and whole grains, but it's not just what we eat, it's the time that we eat, it's the amount that we eat. Sometimes we still eat too much. So mm -hmm. we just need, but if you eat the, the plant-based foods, you can eat more of those because they're so low in calories but adding exercise to the eating makes a big difference. The goal with exercise, when you exercise a total of 30 minutes per day, that tends to help people more with maintaining the weight. Mm. But when you get up to a total of 60 minutes per day, that gives people a better chance of seeing the weight going down. Mm -hmm. So in the past, we used to say getting 60 minutes of exercise and we used to think you need to get it all at once, but we've seen now it's more important that you get the total amount of exercise in the whole day itself. Mm -hmm. And that 60 minutes, I oftentimes would tell people, you could do 30 minutes here, you could do 30 minutes there. You can combine the cardio, like walking or jogging or treadmill or elliptical or swimming um, with strength training. That can mm -hmm. all be part of the 60 minutes of exercise, which is really mm -hmm. optimal for us to get that. That gives people a better chance of seeing the weight coming down. And you say, do I need to do strength training every day? No, you don't. Because mm -hmm. actually the benefits of strength training last for a longer period of time than the cardio. So you could do strength training two to three times a week and do cardio on the other days. And that actually provides you the benefit for the whole week. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you could break it up at 20 minutes. If I have only 20 minutes in the morning and then I come back and I have another 20 minutes and 15, you could do it in little small increments. Absolutely. One of the things that I've done is my truck drivers tell me that I don't have time to exercise. I'm driving all day. I don't have time. So right. what I did is I said, well, let's see what practical thing we can do. Are you able to walk 
for five or 10 minutes a day. I said, I can walk for five or 10 minutes a day. I said, what I want you to do is every time you go to a truck stop, I want you to go walk for five or 10 minutes. That time is going to add up throughout the day. Sure, you may not get it all at once, but you're going to get the, ex the increased activity in. You can park further away when you're parking because you mm. walk more. You can take stairs instead of taking the elevator. That's another thing that can help out. Remember, it's small things that add up that are combined together to help increase our activity that helps provide benefits. So during the 10 minutes to 20 minutes or 15 minutes, all those add up. What I will do is I'm actually going outside at lunchtime and I'm going to walk outside at lunchtime and getting my sunlight, getting my fresh air. It may not be for long because I have to get back into work, but I can go outside and walk for 10 minutes and I get sunlight, which is going to help my immune system. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get the fresh air, which is going to help me doing better. And I'm going to get some walking in as well. All of those things working, working together. And the other interesting fact is that if you go out and walk after you eat for a few minutes, that's going to help to improve your digestion and help you to have more energy that way. Mm, wow. So I, I think it's important to just say this is that what you're saying is that there's ways to just start where you're at, right? I think a lot of times when we're trying to get healthy, especially now when you know, you might be under a lot of stress with what's going on. Um, having just little things that you can do, whether it's changing the way you eat your meals, you know, making your breakfast the largest meal or 10 minutes here, or 10 minutes there. It's empowering to hear this because what it's saying and what I hear you saying, Dr. Taylor, is that everyone can do something, no matter who you are and where you're at and what age you are or how bad it's been or whatever, you have options, and if you're somebody that's dealing with a chronic disease, you can take 10 minutes and walk. You could, you know, eat a large breakfast that's filled with plants and nuts and whole grains um, and begin that journey of healing. And so I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of times we get so overwhelmed and we feel like I can't do anything or it seems like it's too much. Um, and so just knowing that we can have little baby steps to get on this road and of so much benefits, even in 30 days, potentially. Um, it's just amazing to hear. Um, and it doesn't take forever. No. And you know, the other thing with that is when you, we all had to get started somewhere. Yeah. So we all didn't start off doing an hour of exercise each, each day. I'll give an example. I had a patient came into my clinic one time and I was talking to them about drinking more water. And amazingly to think that they didn't drink any water. And I said, okay, so you don't drink any water. And I'm telling them, I want them to get eight to 10 glasses of water a day. And I'm saying, well, what I want you to do is I want you to start off drinking water. And when you come back, then we'll talk about how much water you drink. So they came back a month later and they said, Dr. Taylor, I said, how much water are you drinking? They said, I'm drinking two glasses of water. And they had a sad face. They thought I was going to be frustrated with them. I said, great, good for you. And they looked at me and said, you're happy because I'm drinking two glasses of water? You're drinking two glasses more than you were drinking before. Mm -hmm. My whole point there is we all have to get started. Do I want them to stop at two glasses? No, but they got started. The next time I want them to be a four and then a six and then an eight. I'll say the same thing that people are trying to change the way they're eating. 
if someone, regardless of what you eat, just start adding more plant-based foods to what you're eating. Add more, add an extra fruit or extra vegetable to every meal that you eat, and you'll gradually start making a transition to becoming more plant-based. Some people can just go for saying, okay, I'm just gonna go from, I'm not plant-based at all, I'm going to completely start eating plant-based. That's fine, but others have to take more of a transition, and that's perfectly fine also. We all have to make that transition towards that to give ourselves the best optimal health. So just get started. Start eating more vegetables. Start eating more beans. Start eating more fruits. Regardless what else you eat, just eat more of those each day as you're eating, and you're gradually making that transition. The same thing with exercise. Just start off exercise. I tell my patients, start off walking two minutes a day. You mm. walk to your mailbox two minutes a day, and then you get up to three, and then the five, and then the 10, and just keep gradually walking longer and longer. And you'll, I won't have to keep convincing them of the benefits because they're going to come back to me and say, I know I feel better. Mm. I know I, I've had numerous patients come back and say, doc, I know it helps out. I just have to do it. So wonderful. We have some comments that I missed, technically uh, challenged here. But here we go. Uh, one person asks, um, what about juicing the whole foods or store-bought self-concentrated juices? What, are you, what is your take on the, the juicing? If you are getting the whole entire food, I don't have a problem with juicing as long as the fiber is mixed with it. Mm -hmm. As long as you have the pulp with it, as long as the pulp stays with it. My problem is when you separate the pulp from the juice, then you're not getting the fiber, which is going to help out with the cholesterol, which is going to help out with the blood sugar. That's my problem. Then you start getting more calories than you are the benefits of the fiber and the cholesterol. So I, I would really want people to be, if you do the whole food, like the, well, example, if you do smoothies, like mm -hmm. we'll do a smoothie. And we'll add fruit. I'll say an apple, blueberries, um, banana, and then we'll add spinach or kale to that. So you're getting both all those things to that, but we drink all of it combined together. It just blends up and we drink all those together. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's perfectly a good way for people to get the fiber into their diet. I just get concerned if we separate the pulp from the juice itself because then you're not getting the benefits of the fiber. Right. That makes all the sense. So eat the whole fruit, nothing but the fruit. So help me God, right? <laughs> Alrighty, so another question states, um, what do you think about fasting, such as juice fasting with veggies and fruit? Um, are there any signs to having high sugar levels? Or I'm not sure if the person's asking, what, are you, what is your, your take on fasting and, and how that may help with your sugar levels? I'm not sure if that's what he means. I think there's, there's certain benefits for fasting, intermittent fasting. Some people yes. will do it for a day. Some people will do it just for a meal. Or mm -hmm. some people will do it for like, okay, I'm just going to do the fruit today. And I think that's perfectly fine because that gives your body the rest it needs. And I see benefits with that. I have no problems mm -hmm. with people doing that. Okay. Uh, let's see if I have any other questions before you go on. Uh... Let's see. All right, I don't think we have any more questions, but they're coming as we go. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I, some of the things I want to ask you, because I'm, I'm trying to get people to, um, what would you say are some of the tactics or, or, or guidelines or inspiration that you can give people to 
motivate them to want to take charge of their health. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, when you've been living away for so long, either you don't know there's an answer or you get complacent or there's a lack of motivation. Speak to the person who is struggling with the motivation piece. Like, okay, they're hearing what they need to do, but they're just stuck. You know, one of the things that I encourage people to do is if you can do make changes through your eating, find mm -hmm. someone else that is doing the same thing, that's mm -hmm. struggling with the same thing, because then you can actually help encourage one another. I'll use an example. I have an individual I know very well that mm -hmm. they do not like to exercise mm -hmm. <laughs> and do whatever they can to avoid exercising. But as we talked about, I said, you know, well, what, let's just exercise together. So when I do that with them, then they actually, I actually see benefits with it. There have been benefits from exercise. So finding someone else that's going through the struggle, you can encourage one another to be able to do those things. Sometimes you just have to look and say, you know what, my mom or my dad, or I'm being an example to my child. I just want to make sure that I'm around for my family. Mm, yeah. One individual said, I came to my clinic and I said, you know what, doc, I got to make changes because I don't, I want to see my kids grow up. Mm. I want to see my grandkids. Um, that was someone else said, I wanted to see my grandkids. If I don't make changes in what I'm doing, I'm not going to have the ability to be with my grandkids, to spend time with them, to do activities with them. And those are things that can be very beneficial. Other things that you can do, there's a little problem right now, but when the COVID-19 gets better, is by exercising at a gym. If you go to a gym and you work out there, you're just seeing other people in the gym working out, and that can be encouraging to you to be able to stick with it, to be able to get started. Sometimes you just don't have the motivation. You just have to go there and get started. And that's why I tell people, just go out and start walking five minutes a day. Just, you may not have the energy. You may not feel like you want to exercise longer, but just go out and walk five minutes a day. Another thing people can do is sometimes go on rollerblading. Roller, finding things outside that you can do that's going to be exciting for you, that's going to help you feel better. And when you get started, you're going to build more, release more endorphins, which is actually going to help to improve your mood, helps you feel better. And when you feel better, that makes you want to do it again. Yes. The other benefit to the exercise is exercise helps us sleep better at nighttime. If we're having trouble with sleeping, when we exercise, that's going to help you rest better at nighttime. That's something that, that's benefit. Now, don't exercise right before bed. That would be completely mm -hmm. different, but yeah. exercising earlier can actually help you rest better at nighttime, and that would just help you feel better during the, the following day. If When you start exercising, that's going to help improve your mood. That helps with depression. That helps with anxiety. It's so many benefits that can yes. help out with that. So many benefits, so. Yeah, we have another question. She says, will a plant-based, um, would a plant-based or even a vegetarian diet cause moderate or rapid weight loss, or is it gradual? The, the weight loss typically is more gradual. And actually, what I want for people is I want people to go to plant-based and make a lifestyle changes. There are a lot of diets out there that people can do and see rapid weight loss, but then they haven't changed their lifestyle and the weight comes back on. You go on this roller coaster up and down, up and down. 
I really want people to do something that they don't have to change. They can yeah. do the rest of their life. And that's what's so exciting about plant-based mm -hmm. diet. You can do that the rest of your life and see improvement in your health itself. But I typically see more gradual weight loss, um, especially when you add that to the exercise. Too. When you combine those two together, and that's real key, combining those two together get, gives you a better chance of seeing the weight coming down. But I have seen people lose weight quicker, but mm. it's typically more gradual. I typically tell people if they're losing half to two pounds a week, doing that, I'm happy with that. I'm perfect mm. because they're making lifestyle changes that they don't have to stop. They can mm -hmm. keep doing that and you're going to gradually see that weight coming off. It's just going to keep coming off, keep coming off. Yeah, that's the wonderful thing about um, sensibly lifestyle changes is that it's not a fad diet, right? You're not somebody who's like on a diet pill or doing something that you can't maintain. Right. But you implement these principles and you could maintain it long term and it doesn't feel like a diet. It's just like a lifestyle and you just keep on living. Um, and getting better as each day goes on. I have another question, Dr. Taylor. The question is, um, how do you manage bloating, gas, and discomfort when you are on such a high fiber diet? You know, th that's challenging. But some of the things that I recommend um, is making sure that you're taking a longer time to eat. Chew your food for a longer period of time. Mm. That's one thing that can be helpful. Chew your food for longer periods of time. Um, I also encourage people to make sure that they're trying to limit how much liquid you take with your meals. Um, sometimes you have to use medications or use over-the-counter pills that can actually help out with the gas and the bloating itself. Those mm. are things that sometimes people use. Not swallowing a lot of air when you're eating. Um, mm -hmm. I've actually had that problem myself before with swallowing a lot of air and it can cause you that problem. So I have to chew my food for longer periods of time and that tends to be a, provide some benefit right there, so. Okay. Um, so when somebody in that situation, will they have to reduce their fiber or do it little by little or? What I would say is if someone, that can be a problem if you all of a sudden go from not being plant-based mm -hmm. to being plant-based, you may need to gradually increase the amount of fiber you're getting. Instead mm -hmm. of doing it, you may have to do it at a slower pace and that can, can sometimes provide some benefit. And you could mm -hmm. also try eating less fiber and see how you would do with that. Okay, another question says, why is it so unhealthy to have excess weight around your waist? What is that concept all about? The excess weight around your waist. Your waist. Why is that so unhealthy? I know they're talking a lot about your, your waist circumference indicates um, being unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that happens is there's something, a condition called metabolic syndrome. And that's mm. one of the problems that we see there. When you have metabolic syndrome, because when we check for that, we're checking people's blood pressure, we're checking their blood sugar, we're checking their triglycerides, we're checking the cholesterol, the good cholesterol, and we're checking the abdominal obesity. And when you have, that's one of the factors that is part of metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome increases your risk to develop diabetes. Mm. And when people have diabetes, we treat them like they already have heart disease, which wow. is the number one reason people die in our country. That's why, that's one of the reasons that's so important to not have that metabolic syndrome and develop diabetes because we just treat these people like they're going to eventually develop heart disease. 
So the medications we use, we're treating them like they already have heart disease because they eventually oftentimes do develop that. Although we're making lifestyle changes, you can reverse that. So you really want to see that lessening of the abdominal obesity um, and just reducing your weight in general. So, Wow, that's pretty um, profound what you just stated there that the belly fat is an indicator, but once you already have diabetes, you're being treated as if you're already going to develop heart disease. That's correct. Wow. That's correct. Wow. So it, yeah. Go the ahead. Good, the good part about that is you can have diabetes, you can have heart disease, but you can make those changes that mm. can reverse those conditions. You can make those changes that can reverse diabetes, that can reverse heart disease, or at minimal, you can see improvement depending mm. on how extensive it is. Um, you can see improvement in the diabetes and the heart disease, so you're less likely to have more problems coming from that. Right, because that's yeah. Important. That's yeah. important now with COVID-19 because those are factors that make you at higher risk of having severe out poor outcomes with COVID-19. That's one reason that's so important because diabetes and heart disease are factors that make you a higher likelihood of having poorer outcomes if you get COVID-19. So that's more important that we get that treated. Wow. And, and I think it's so important to state that, I mean, if, if nothing else, I think COVID-19 puts us on alarm right. that now is the time to take charge of your health. So if you're somebody with diabetes or high blood pressure or obesity, you're hearing Dr. Taylor say that you can implement these lifestyle changes and see changes in 30 days. I'm a testament to that. I had borderline high blood pressure mm -hmm. and I went on all those changes that Dr. Taylor, who wasn't my doctor at the time, um, <laughs> gave me those suggestions. Um, and within 30 days, I saw improvements. What would that mean for someone who is struggling with a chronic disease and you could see changes in 30 days during a pandemic? What could that mean for your life? What could that mean for your outcomes if you were to catch COVID-19, that you are in a better place than you were 30 days from now? So we got to look at this for what it is. It's, this is real. Um, and it's no time to guess and play around. And well, should I take care of my house? Should I not? Is da, 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 da. No, this is real. And I think the pandemic is putting us in a position where it's backing us against the wall and it's asking us that question. Are you willing to get better? Are you willing to get healthy? Not just for COVID-19, but just for a better life that's in right. general, that's going to far exceed COVID-19 and any other virus that comes um, in the future. So before we kind of recap, um, we have another question, but is there anything else that you had to, to, to add into this pool of lifestyle changes? I know you talked about a whole food plant-based diet, you talked about exercise, you talked about sleep, you talked about fresh air. Is there anything else that you had um, on your list? I had a couple other things that yeah. I think of. One of the things is water. I didn't talk a lot about water, but mm -hmm. water is so important because staying well hydrated, as I mentioned before, helps to improve your energy, helps your cells to function better in your body when you stay well hydrated. I mean, people can have lightheadedness, they can have dizziness, they can have headaches, they can have constipation. Um, I've even, I, I remember one particular patient that got dehydrated and was having chest pain. They were having chest pain because they were so dehydrated, the muscle, muscle spasms that were occurring. And once they really got hydrated, then they started feeling better from that. But something else that's really important that we're seeing more and more literature on is talking about faith and 
a community of worship. Those mm -hmm. things can actually make a difference in how people heal when they have diseases. When people mm -hmm. have illnesses, they're seeing more and more that people that are praying, they're having faith, but actually seeing that they're recovering faster than someone that isn't experiencing that. So that's just something else that's really important for each one of us um, to be able to have that faith and to be able to have a community of believers that we're worshiping with and praying, all those things is part of whole body health. It's not just the physical, it's the physical, it's the mental, it's the spiritual, it's the emotional, the social, all those things working together help to improve our overall health so that we can actually have optimal health because that's what we want, optimal health. So that if we do encounter, whether it be COVID-19 or another virus, our body is gonna be better able to endure what we're experiencing, endure what we face and be able to prevent it or be able to fight it off. So mm. it's something that's going to make such a difference. I can tell you, I can give you an example um, of, of my own life. Mm -hmm. And I can just tell you an example in my own life. Several years ago, I had a near fatal car accident. And mm -hmm. during that time period, prior to that, I was following these principles of eating properly, of exercising, of resting, of drinking my water, of having my faith and trust in, in God, of moderation, those things which are good for abstinence from things which were not good for me. Um, all these types of eating, all these types of things helped to put my body in better health so that when I went through that, I was able to come through that experience and recover and be able to get back to practicing again and be in better health. If my health wasn't good when I experienced that, I may not have even made it. And mm. we, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah, Dr. Taylor, tell a little bit about more about that story. You actually lost your 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 memory. Was it your memory, or 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 what? What, what was the dynamic of it, and, and what was the like? What was the positive? You ended up going back to work after that, just so people know the powerfulness of that story. Okay, well, when I had this near fatal car accident, I was on life support, and we eventually I came out of the accident, and we came out of the hospital through rehab, but when I came back to go back to studying again. I was ready to go back to work. And I went back to study and realized that I had lost my memory and didn't remember any of my medical knowledge. Mm. And it was devastating. Mm -hmm. Thinking, this is my career. This is what I've done. And it's gone. What do I do now? Mm. In that experience, my faith in God strengthened me to say, you know what? I'm going to go on. I may not be able to get my memory back, but I'm going to go do something else. You make the best of each situation you have. But during that time period, I had been memorizing scriptures. And I've been memorizing scriptures, and those things came back to my mind. And I was reminded by the Lord saying, I want you to memorize these scriptures. And as a result of that, that helped me to bring my memory back. So when we talk about things that stimulate your mind, the best way I found to help improve my memory is by memorizing scriptures in the Bible. Mm. Both things help me to get my memory back so I could go back to practicing again. And yeah. I'll never give it up. Mm -hmm. I'll never give it up because I know the major difference it made in my life. Mm -hmm. When people start making lifestyle changes and see 
how much improvement they're seeing, they won't want to give it up because they know how much better they feel as a result of this. I couldn't give up my faith. There's nothing that could take me away from my faith because it's helped my memory to come back. It's helped gives me the greatest joy every day, no matter what you face, that mm-hmm. faith keeps you going. That mm-hmm. faith keeps you going. And you know something else I wanted to tell you is that there's things people can do. We talked about getting outside to the fresh yeah. air. People may live in cities where they may not be able to go out to the woods or the forest to be able to walk amongst the trees where they have all these aromatic compounds coming out, which improve the health. But people, we're seeing literature now that's showing people can bring those things into the home having plants in your home, mm. having photos of landscape, mm. photos of water, having those things in your home on walls, just seeing those pictures or having music playing and videos to show nature scenes. Those things help you to do better, help you to heal better. Those things can help you to feel better. I remember when I used to live in Georgia that I lived by the coast where you live. Yes. <laughs> and I actually... <laughs> walked down by the water, it was mm-hmm. so peaceful walking down by the ocean, just hearing the waves crashing, just smelling the smell of the seawater. It was so relaxing, mm-hmm. so peaceful, so helps invigorate you. I mean, those are simple things we can do to help improve our health. You have the fresh air, you have the sunlight, you're walking by the water. All those things are so beneficial to improve our health. So if we bring nature into our homes, mm-hmm. put your pictures in your walls, Um, having flowers in your homes, having plants there. All those things help to improve your health, help you to feel better. Mm, Wow, that's pretty powerful, Dr. Keller. Um, And so I'm getting a sense of what you're saying is that um, there's something about us being as human beings that just the natural, the whole foods that are natural, the air, the sleep, the water. Um, There's an interconnection there with, with, with moving away from, and I like to say fake foods and processed foods and junk food. Um, so if we kind of see the parallel that what you're saying and the staying up late and the eating late, all of those things are producing and feeding disease and keeping your chronic, keeping you in that chronic illness, but moving over and shifting over to what you're talking about, which is the whole foods, the sunshine, um, the exercise, the relationships, the communion right. with faith, all of those things on that natural side is giving us life and preventing disease and reversing disease and managing disease. Um, so that's just so amazing. I think we have another question on here that I could have missed. Um, one person says, what are some types of foods that you can feed your children, particularly under one years old, um, if one of the parents is plant-based and the other one isn't, what, what would you suggest in that situation? The, I don't, well, first of all, let's say I don't see kids down in one year of age. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but just so, kids in general, maybe, maybe just kids in general then. What age do you deal with? What I typically do is you can actually have, still doing the fruit. The fruit is so simple. We can still yeah. do the fruits and the vegetables those things can be done. They actually grind them up. Um, you can do like smoothies, mm-hmm. um, finger foods, those types of things. Fruits are going to be so beneficial. Those types of mm-hmm. things would be easy to do. Um, fruits are just very simple for young kids to be able to eat the fruit. It's so beneficial for those. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
even kids younger than one, you can still do fruits itself. And that's yeah, and, I, and a lot of them are on breast milk too, right? So I think, right. they're, yeah, hopefully <laughs> they're having breast milk. Um, another question that maybe, or, or issue that you can talk about is, I think a lot of times when people are on medications for diabetes, um, for example, um, there's a tendency to believe that, well, I'm on my medication, so I'm actually curing my diabetes. Can you talk about, are you really being cured or is this something being managed? Or what, how do you deal with the root cause? What is, what is the role of the medication? Is it actually healing you? Um, or is it kind of just managing things um, and you could still get worse? Well, typically, oftentimes with diabetes, mm -hmm. the medication is it's not healing. And mm. neither, it's with high blood pressure, it's not mm. healing. There are certain indications, there are certain type of diabetes, diabetes type one, where it actually really does make a difference. You actually need insulin in diabetes type one. But yeah. type two is typically more related to lifestyle. And it's related to what we're eating, it's related to our weight, it's related to our activity. Those things, the medications don't fix those problems. The medicine mm. just helps to treat individuals um, that have this type, type of diabetes. And that's the majority of diabetes is type two, mm -hmm. where you actually, the medicine's just treating the condition. So making the lifestyle changes can actually cause reversal of the diabetes itself. The medicine mm -hmm. is not going to reverse the disease. If you stop the medicine and don't make lifestyle changes, your diabetes is gonna still be there and it will just continue to worsen. But if you make the lifestyle changes, you can reduce the need of medicine and sometimes mm -hmm. even come off of the medication. Mm -hmm. But please don't do this without your doctor's guidance. Right. We mm -hmm. need to always, in these changes that we're making, we'd always want to talk to a healthcare provider mm -hmm. and make sure that we're going over this with them so they're monitoring us. But medicines in general don't actually heal the condition. They help to manage it or to treat it. The same mm -hmm. thing with high blood pressure. I write blood pressure medicines all the time. Mm -hmm. but, and I tell patients, my goal with the blood pressure medicine is I don't want you to have a stroke. So I'm putting you on the medication while you're making the lifestyle changes. Mm. Once you make the lifestyle changes and I see you're sticking with that, we will start to work towards getting you off the medication. But mm. I don't want to leave the blood pressure elevated while they're trying to make the lifestyle changes and increase the risk for having a stroke or increase the risk for developing heart disease or damage to the kidneys. So I wanna get the blood pressure down to normal, the same thing with diabetes, but then we'll work towards trying to reduce the medication and sometimes even getting people off the medication. Hmm. And you know, with lifestyle, medica lifestyle changes as an alternative, the nice thing is that that doesn't have side effects. Um, isn't it true that some of these medications that are actually even helping to manage has side effects? That is correct. All medications have potential side effects. Mm. People don't always experience them, but there's certainly yeah. potential that's present there. And then you have to start with medications. The other reason for doing lifestyle changes mm. is with me many medications, with some medications, there's certain foods, like grapefruit specifically, right. that you be very careful about the medicines that you eat, that you, the food you eat. I mean, the medicine you're taking with the grapefruit because it can have right. an impact upon that medication. So, but if you make the lifestyle changes where you can come off the medication, then you don't have to worry about how much grapefruit that you're eating. 
Right, right. Wow. And, and that's the wonderful thing about lifestyle um, changes is that it doesn't come with, it only comes with positive side effects. Yes. Um, and so that should be the ultimate goal. So for those of you who are just tuning in late, um, we are talking to Dr. Eric Taylor, and we are talking about how to manage, prevent, and reverse your chronic disease in light of a pandemic, right? We, have, we know that chronic disease is what's on everyone's mind is CDC announced that if you have a chronic disease, that you will have more likely have a dire outcome with COVID-19. And we're seeing that across the country. And so what can we do today to make changes in our health and even see changes as early as 30 days potentially um, to change our health during this pandemic and beyond? And so Dr. Taylor, if you could just recap um, your main points as we close out, and if anybody has any questions in between that, please ask your questions now um, as we're coming to a close of this conversation, um, because this is about you. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to know your questions, your concerns. Um, what, what, what are some of your obstacles? What are your struggles? Um, and what do you think would get you on the route? So go ahead, Dr. Keller. I just wanted to mention one other thing that I really yeah. didn't talk a lot about is food, calorie-dense food. Mm. When we talk about whole food, those foods tend to have a lot of water content. But when we eat a lot of processed food and food at many of the fast food restaurants, they tend to be calorie-dense, meaning they pack a lot of calories in a small amount of food. And so you can eat smaller amounts in those places or processed foods, but you're getting a lot of calories. And that's not really good for us. That's not really good for us. We want to make sure we're getting foods where we can eat more of the food, but we're still getting smaller levels of calories. And that's why whole foods are so beneficial because they give you the vitamins you need. They give you the antioxidants. They give you the water. They give you the fiber. Those beneficial foods are going to be low in calories, not calorie dense like the processed foods tend to be. So, uh, those I, are so yeah, go ahead. I want to jump in there because... Guys, I don't know if, if you want to put in the comments, but how many of us have been on diets where we're restricting how much we eat? It doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. When you're trying to starve yourself and eat this little tiny thing, you know, where what Dr. Taylor is talking about, you can eat an abundance of food and feel filled with fiber and satiated, and you don't have to feel like you're on a diet. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's exciting because you know what? I like to eat. And yeah, I think so I. I eat too. So yeah. I was limited in how much I can eat. And I'm not. I don't have any limitation because the mm -hmm. food is so low in calories. I can eat an abundance of those foods. Right. I can eat an abundance of those foods. So it's and I'm gonna feel full. You know, the other beneficial thing that I didn't mention is you have a center in your brain called the satiety center. Mm -hmm. When you chew your food for longer periods of time. It actually helps to stimulate that center so you feel full sooner. So we actually, not only does the food help us to feel full, but you don't eat as much. We don't eat as much, so we don't overeat. So that's something else beneficial, so. Mm. I have another question here. When swallowing air, does that cause acid reflux potentially? Um, or what are the causes of acid reflux? Maybe that's a better question. I don't know the answer to if swallowing air would cause that. But yeah. acid reflux, oftentimes that's, we see that many times can be associated with types of foods that we're eating. Spicy mm -hmm. foods can sometimes trigger that or citrus fruits can sometimes trigger that. 
caffeine can trigger that. Um, when people are overweight, that can lead to us having obese. That can contribute to acid reflux. So losing weight can also help out with acid reflux. Um, we don't recommend alcohol, but alcohol can increase a person's um, susceptibility for de developing acid reflux also. But those oh, are things cool. that I typically see for acid reflux. But something else we can actually do is when what doing whole foods, things that you can do to try to season the foods and avoiding salt, which is a contributing factor to developing high blood pressure, is many times people are getting too much sodium and that can happen with more processed mm -hmm. food. It starts seasoning your food yourself. Season yeah. it with herbs, season it with spices, those types of things kind of be adventurous in what you're doing. Those types of things can actually help, help you and your taste can change. Typically what I see is people's taste buds, the taste can change over a period of a couple of weeks. So if you're uh -huh. just willing to give yourself a, a little bit of time, you can start noticing foods that didn't taste as good to you. Give yourself a couple of weeks, you'll start noticing those foods start to taste better. Like some people don't eat fruit, they start eating that over a couple of weeks, that fruit, fruit starts to taste sweeter to them than they did before they started eating it. Mm. So that you're talking about in terms of just transferring over to whole food diet, um, eliminating the extra sodium, the processed sugars, yes. um, and, and even the oils to some degree, heavy oils, or it takes time for our palate to adjust. That's correct. Yeah, because I, I know I hear a lot of people say when they try this for the first few days, they want to like, oh no, the food tastes bad. But like you said, when your palate's been hijacked by processed food, <laughs> right. everything tastes different. So you have to, you have to, what you're saying, doctor, you have to give it a few weeks That's for your correct. palate to be readjusted. Absolutely. You have to mm. give it a few weeks and just patiently work with that and, and give it a little bit of time and, and it adjusts. It, it should adjust. It should adjust. Yeah, thank you for that important comment because I think a lot of times people may not have known that. And they, let's face it, we all want our food to taste good. Even we want to be healthy, but we do want our food to taste good. Absolutely. And that would be a heavy stumbling block if, if they felt like eating healthy wasn't going to taste good. But once your palate gets recalibrated, the food is amazing on the other side. Can you attest to that, Dr. Taylor? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, and I thought of something else that is important because mm -hmm. we talked about obesity before. Another factor that sometimes people don't realize is many times when we feel hungry, we think we need to go and eat more food because it's like, I feel hungry. I need to eat. Yeah. Many times that can be related to thirst and your mm. body's dehydrated. And if you go and drink water when you're feeling hungry, instead of going to eat, especially if it's in between meals, then that's going to be better for you. And that may take away that hunger sensation. If your body's dehydrated, you can sometimes misinterpret hunger for thirst. Mm. So it's so, so important for us drinking the water is so important to making sure we keep ourselves well hydrated. And that can also help us so that we're not snacking between meals. Because really, when you eat whole plant-based foods, that the fiber helps to make your calorie, your helps to keep your blood sugar more steady for a longer period of time. Mm. I kind of use my example of, I say fiber acts like a sponge, kind of like a sponge absorbs water and then it releases it. Fiber holds on to the sugar and it slowly releases it. And that can help maintain your blood sugar for a longer period of time when you eat a high fiber diet. Mm. So that's pretty interesting. So your, your blood sugars don't spike as, as fast when you're eating a rich fiber diet. That's correct. That's correct. Mm. 
And there's some foods that are lower in fiber than others. So that's why you mm -hmm. want to look up and see which foods seem to be higher in fiber because plant-based foods, they all don't have a lot of fiber, but they all have fiber in them, but some have lower levels of fiber. If you eat foods that tend to just be really low in fiber, you have a greater chance of seeing the blood sugar rising than if you eat kind of a balance, eating some that are mm -hmm. lower, some that are higher. That's going to help to keep the blood sugar more steady. Right, right. That's a really good point. Let me check if there's any more questions, but if you have any other points, Dr. Keller, that you missed, you could jump right in. I'm going to check if there's any more um, questions. So what would, a, what would a typical plate look like? What should our plates look like on, on this journey of eating um, healthy to reverse chronic disease? What should it look like? I know the U.S. Department of Government puts out a plate every so many years, um, but what should an ideal plate look like? What should be on it? Should it be half of just randomly? What, what should a plate look like? I typically would recommend getting more of mine would be beans, um, the carbohydrates in your fruits and your vegetables, because you're going to get the fiber with that. And you may eat some whole grains along with that, like rice or quinoa or brown rice or quinoa or oats, something like that. That's what I would do. Um, I would make more of my food. The majority of my food should be the fruits and the vegetables. And then you have beans for the protein or the nuts and seeds. And when you're talking about the protein, you can make burgers, you can have beans, all those combined together will give them the protein that your body needs. So, Yeah, one person makes a comment here that most of what we eat is like habitual. Like we kind of learned to eat these negative foods growing up um, and replacing it. And it can be changed or replaced. I guess that's what she's saying, it can be changed or replaced. So a lot of it is out of habit. It, so it's learning new habits. You want to speak to that? that that's, I think that's very true. We do have habits because that's what we grow up doing. That's what we grow up doing. So we have to be intentional mm -hmm. at changes that we're making. Because mm -hmm. this is lifestyle changes. We're saying we're making a change because I want to live healthier. I want to have a better quality of life. You just left. I want to have a better quality of life and I want to be in the best health that I can. Mm. Yeah. And so for those of you, I've seen that there's a few people that just logged in and we're talking about how to prevent, manage, and reverse chronic disease. Um, Dr. Taylor has talked about some wonderful lifestyle medicine um, techniques. I see Lachelle in the video here. <laughs> Hi, Lachelle. Um, and so... Dr. Taylor, if you could just give us a, a wonderful synopsis on what you just talked about. What are the, I don't know if there were 10 or seven, what are the key factors just briefly? And I guess some people will have to go back and watch the rewind to get the um, full details. But what are the key things that someone now who is watching and they have a chronic, they could have pre-diabetes, diabetes, high blood pressure, whatever it is, obesity, um, and they're scared because we're in a pandemic and they know they're at high risk and they're looking for something that they can do now what, what uh, I would, in consulting with their, their doctor, what, what changes should they be making? What I would say is, what I would say is, she's talking. What I would say right now is changes that you want to make are following a plant-based diet, 
whatever you do, eat more fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts and seeds, adding exercise to your daily regimen, drinking, increasing your water, trying to get at least 60 to 80 ounces of water a day, making sure that you're getting fresh air, making sure you're getting sunlight, making sure you get seven hours of sleep each night, and then doing all those different things and helping to manage your stress, keeping your stress level low, and then having a faith, having a community of believers, all those things working together helps to put us in the best health and gives us optimal health, will give us the best chances for optimal health. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Taylor. This was such an amazing, um, informative, and I think inspiring. I think after leaving this, I feel more inspired myself um, to do better um, and to add more of those lifestyle interventions in my own personal life. And I'm hoping those who have watched it um, also feel the same way and is willing to take action regarding their health today, tonight, now, right this minute um, to change the outcome of your health. And so with great pleasure from the Faithful Vegan, I thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Keller for being on. And I will have to have you again because it seems like you're pretty popular on here and people are, are, are hungry for the knowledge. They're hungry, they want to get well. Um, and you give it in such a down to earth manner that I think is so palatable to the masses. And so. I welcome you back and just thank you so much again. I don't know if you have any last comments that you want to make. Um, you know, if you want to just speak to someone out there who's trying to change your health, what closing words will you give them? I would just say that you can make these changes. I have confidence in that. Just get started. The biggest key is to just get started. Start making changes. Start eating more fruits, more vegetables, more beans, more nuts and seeds. Start exercising five minutes a day. Just start small, but just start making those changes and you're going to start seeing the benefits which will encourage you to continue moving forward. But Thank you, you so forward. much. Yes, and with that note, we'll end on this. A healthy body plus a healthy soul equals whole. Be blessed, everybody, and have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Eat Your Best Life, the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Until next time, thank you for listening.